Editing Mel here. Thank you for tuning into this week's comeback episode. Just a little note on the sound quality. Uh, there was an issue with my microphone recording from home, so I apologize for any echoes and pops that you might hear. Also, both of our pets make appearances throughout the episode, so please excuse any errant meows or barks. Thank you, and enjoy the show. We're doing this on our own, on my own. Pretending he's inside me. No! I've never heard this. I'm so deeply upset. No. Oh my god. Something, 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 something. I haven't seen Lame Miss. I've never seen Lame Miss. You had me at. Hell no. to you had me at hell no i'm mel and i'm Allie. and thank you so much for joining us welcome back to our podcast uh we are both really excited to be here normally i don't speak for Allie uh because she's an independent person with her own brain That's but right true. now i think i can are you excited i am i'm excited it's been a little bit and uh, i'm excited to be doing this back getting it in getting it right getting it tight That's get it right get it right get it tight bubba get- sparks Get it right, get it tight. Indeed. Amen. Praise be. Um, And this podcast, first of all, we'll talk about our hiatus in a little bit, but for those of you who are tuning in or who maybe need a reminder, this is the podcast where we, two best friends, millennial, during the quarantine, decided that our unprofessional opinions needed to be heard about the romance movie genre and so it's also called you had me at hell now well that too (laughs) that's true that's true and so we basically the thesis of our podcast so to speak is that we're wondering why we love a genre that hates us yeah uh two people who don't necessarily watch rom-coms to chill out uh dive in to rom-coms mel what do you typically like to watch I really like to watch horror. Anything spooky, I really love. Have you been watching anything spooky lately? Have you had like a spooky, ooky thing that you've uh, watched recently? Yeah, I've actually, I've gotten really into that, this new series on Netflix called Haunted, which is oh. like the Netflix version of A Haunting on Investigation Discovery. And, and every single episode, except for, like, there's, there's one or two where I'm like, oh shit, that's wild. But pretty much most of the episodes are like, I experienced the worst trauma of my life, and then a demon attacked me. And you're oh. like, oh, okay, babe, maybe you, you wanted to see a therapist about that and work through some of those issues? No, it was a demon? Okay, cool. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, I, I typically like to watch action to chill out, like to turn my brain off. Uh, what have you other, watched recently? The other night I watched Crank. Um, oh. Which, um, if you're Wait. like, oh, I watched the first. I've never seen Crank 2. I watched the first Crank, which, um, let's be honest, has some scenes that aren't the best racially, maybe not the most sensitive. That's a bummer. But, um, 
they're over pretty quick. That's not a good sense of it. But it is <laughs> Jason Statham. I love Jason Statham is, so much. Allie, I is this the movie him. that we watched where I decided to play the drinking game and now I don't remember half the movie? Yeah. Okay, you okay, the okay. drinking game by yourself. <laughs> um, our sound engineer, Tipper, is not with us today. He Everything's is, uh, okay, though. He's everything fine. Everything's fine. He is fine. He is fine. It's actually very exciting. He and his partner are expecting a baby Yay! literally any day now. So he's on paternity leave. And we're very excited. We love him. We miss him. He's fine. Mazel we tov. Him literally a All the adult, best. So it's fine. He's fine. He's just not here right now. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And so so there won't be any Tipper's pop culture osmosis. Um, Although we did text him about today's movie. And that's true. We did. Yeah. What did he say? He said he saw it a decade ago and remembers almost none of it. So <laughs> what is today's movie, Melanie? Today's movie is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Woo! Uh, 2008, written and starring Jason Segel. I hadn't seen this probably since high school. And guess what? I, st- I mean, I guess, spoiler, I still like this movie. I hadn't seen it in a while either. Maybe not as long as you. Like, I've seen it on TV when it's on TV, so I've only seen, like, the watered-down version. Mm-hmm. But for me, this is this is one of the movies that's, like, kind of in my, like, sad girl rotation of movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, the times that I've watched it before in the past have been times where I've been, like, really sad about something. <laughs> oh, God, so you watch a movie... Wait, I, this, okay, because this makes a little more sense. Have you had, prior to us watching it, had you only seen the television, like, edited version? Yeah. Okay. Because that answers a question I had about a response to it. Anyway, okay. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, a movie, like I said, written starring Jason Segel about a uh, breakup. Let's just get right into the film. Yeah, Um, yeah, 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 yeah. She is dating a girl named Sarah Marshall, played by Kristen Bell who is just delightful. Um, anyway, the movie opens. He's kind of just hanging around the house, and he, uh, she's on a TV show. He does the music for the TV show. They've been together for, like, five years. Um, and she comes home, and he has just gotten out of the shower. <laughs> and she starts talking to him. She goes, she's basically like, we need to talk. She goes, I love you. And he's like, are you breaking up with me? And he drops the towel, revealing. And this was like... Full nudie. Full Full nudie. And did you not... And this was like a major selling point of the movie. It was like a big deal where it was like, this is the movie where a guy just shows his penis. And it's just like a regular rom-com, but you see a guy's full penis. But honestly, we don't see enough of that because there's so much female nudity. Breasts are so fetishized in these movies in this genre especially mm-hmm. ones that are maybe like rated pg-13 rated r stuff like mm-hmm. that and this movie i believe is rated r and yeah. like like if it's just we need to break the double standard i appreciated that this movie broke that double standard i did too i i also appreciated because it's actually so, it's legitimately so funny it is very the, funny the, the contrast between the very serious earnest discussion that they're trying to have and the fact that this man is naked while this is happening is so funny. Um, it because it, it doesn't feel. I, I mean, a it is legitimate and it's a good way to show like this man is truly vulnerable and open in a way that is detrimental, I guess, to him. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's not the right word, but like 
it it makes sense for the story it's not just like and then we you have to look at my dick it makes sense and also the fact that this actually happened to jason siegel is even more funny oh yeah I mean, yeah sad. you mentioned that that basically he was dating linda cardellini because now, they were they were romantic interests in freaks and geeks which is another apatow production it doesn't really matter who this it, who it was because like this clearly is not based on his relationship like it's if anything i think it's based on several different experiences he may have had and also it's not anyone specific like it, it, it's such a fictional thing that it doesn't really matter it doesn't really resemble any one person so it's not like i don't think this is a um spike jones sophia coppola situation where she made lost in translation and he made her and it was like oh okay that's how those two people handled that separation um through film did you not know that no two very talented uh, filmmakers sophia coppola and spike jones like briefly i think they were also in their 20s were married and it didn't work out um which is fine because it doesn't work out sometimes and she made lost in translation sort of it's loosely based on like her feelings around that and he did her loosely based on his feelings around their separation oh and i uh that's fine i also think i might be a little too chill about divorce because a lot, of, I I recognize that it's serious, but a lot of times people are like, "There was a divorce, and people, there's a bad person and a good person." And I think because my parents split when I was so young, I'm like, "Fucking who cares?" Like I yeah. just don't. Two sides to every care. story. Yeah, I'm I'm very like sometimes it's just people just aren't supposed to be with each other anymore, and that's fine. Yeah. Anyway, now the that unfortunate we've truth, <laughs> which is actually kind of the thesis of this movie. Yeah, I love that we. That, that was a sag way. Thank anyway, you. <laughs> the reason why I, I want to get back to real quick that Melanie had only seen the like edited watered down version of this because when the towel dropped, Melanie went, what? <laughs> also, he's he's got a big weenie. You I said have... quote to quote Melanie in that moment. You went, he is hung. And I was he like, good for, good for, good for Jason Segel. Like, like. I I've I've I I I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> it's a it's you know what and and it just feels it's, it does feel kind of icky to be like we're talking about his penis like that feels weird to do. Um, but also he showed body. it. So. But he showed it and it's fun and and it's but it also was like good for him, good for him. Got, you got a good dick. We're happy for you, honey. Yeah. We're happy for you, baby. He's he's a good man. He's ready to play. A nice guy with a good dick. <laughs> oh, I was talking about his that his dick is a good man, ready to play. <laughs> you're a good man, Seagull's dick. You're the kind of reminder we need. Um, no, I, I'm good for him. But also, you know what? Sorry, just while we're on the topic of Jason Seagull's body, I want to say something that's been bugging me, though. Because I, I remembered, like, the many interviews that he did after like around the product like around the promotion of this movie and like after and there's a lot of jokes about him people being like you're gross or you're like people are mean to jason siegel about how he looks and here's the thing he's great looking like he's he's a very handsome man he's a cute dude he's a cute ass dude um and he also what i liked is that he has a normal body 
But he like, still, like, looks good. It's still, like, a nice right. body. But, but, like, it's not, okay, because there's, like, this dichotomy that I feel like we see in Hollywood. Or maybe maybe there's more than two, right? Because you've got, like, your Chris Evans. Like, these poor men are so dehydrated. So dehydrated. But they have so many muscles. Henry Cavill doesn't drink for four days before he has a shirtless scene. Excuse that is me? so sad to me. And also, how do you live? Drink like, water. Oh, sorry. It's drink water. He drinks less and less water. I should be more specific. He oh, drinks like that's still not liter. good. No, it's not good. He's like the last day, the day before you shoot, you don't drink any water. Jesus fucking Christ! These poor yeah. people. Yeah. But it's, it's but like, you either have like Henry Cavill bod, or you yeah. have like Jack Black or Jonah like Jonah Hill in Moneyball bod, mm-hmm. and like for some reason there's no room for people who are in between that. Yeah. Um, and. It's it's a very strange way that we view men's bodies in film, especially the romance genre, yeah. because so often you'll see like a guy who and this is, you know, the name of a movie that we'll probably talk about later out of she's out of my league. Right. And there's this idea that people can't love each other for who they are. They have to like match hotness or like the reason yeah, a hot woman yeah. would be with like a dumpy, quote unquote. You guy have to be the same kind of hot. Yeah. You have to be the same yeah. kind of hot. It's very yeah. strange, and Jason Siegel's body, if we're if we're rating bodies, falls in Great. like the exact middle of that scale <laughs> because it's not perfect, but he but looks like, great. Perfect? He looks. That's great. what I'm saying. Like and he's not. He... he just looks like he's secure in his body, and honestly, he doesn't have a bad body at all. His like body I, is nice. I would love to give him a hug. Listen, to, listen, listen to I. I Here's, sorry, my dog got all excited. It's like my dog knew that something horny was happening. Um, <laughs> he was like, what's up? Um, no, but I think he, I think Jason Siegel even said that in several interviews how people, he was ret- routinely told by like different studios and casting directors and stuff like that he was in that middle ground. There were, he, he was like, someone told me I wasn't like the most good looking, good looking guy, but I wasn't like an ugly, ugly guy. Um, Which is wild that people think they can talk to other people that way. It's insane, but it's also like, I, I guess when you're, I don't know. I, I can't, there's no real defense for it. It's so weird. And I can't imagine being told that multiple times. Um, yeah, how anyway. fucking demoralizing must that be? Like, I can't imagine. But anyway. Like, I, and, and that's having outside voices. Yeah. Imagine how mean we are to ourselves on a daily basis and then add other people telling us we look like oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah. Like, how awful would that be? But, like, also women... Like, women get that. Like, I, I read something where, um, I read a small section, uh, I gotta get her book, but Casey Wilson's book. Oh, yeah, I want to read And that. she talked about a similar thing, about how so much of her life, people, particularly when she started going into this business, people were like, you gotta lose weight. It was, it was like, you either, if you want to be in comedy, you have to either gain a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight. It was like, you cannot have the body you have right now. And like this weird middle ground which is insane it's so insane that like we have these weird standards in uh, entertainment but then that transfers into the world of like how people are supposed to look in order to fit into a certain category or or like level of desirability it's Um, it is very strange and like it's something where you don't necessarily pay attention to it because it's so deeply ingrained in our pop culture at least in the united states so that by the time you start thinking about it and picking it apart you're like has this shit been going on and everyone's like yeah this shit's been going on for hundreds of years yeah 
We also, yeah. I realize, have yeah, yeah, yeah. gotten into the movie. Base. But basically, she breaks up with him, and he initially is like, oh, because there's someone else. And she's like, no, I feel like we've been so, you know, distant for a while. And then eventually she's like, there is someone else, and they break up. And he goes on, like, kind of a rampage. Not even a rampage. It's like a series of sad one-night stands that aren't particularly fulfilling. Yeah, because he feels like the only way to get over Sarah is to get on top of someone else. And really, yeah. that's that's not that's not the answer. And honestly, like, in the history of breakups, those kinds of things will never make you feel better unless you hated being in the relationship. I, I guess. I gu- yeah, I guess that's a bit. Yeah. Like, if, but, you, if you loved the person you were with and yeah. you enjoyed being around them, let alone the sex stuff... And yeah. then your relationship ends. No amount of other people's bodies is going to make you feel better until you're ready to feel better. Uh, yeah, I will say something that I didn't remember and we were so excited to see was the first night he goes out and sleeps with somebody. The first girl <gasps> he hooks up with is June, June Diane, Diane Raphael, Raphael. Our queen, our icon. We love her. We were so Honestly, excited to see her. We're obsessed just with the her. small, the short bit. But we were like, we love you, Drew. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm singing a lot. We're we come back after a few months of a hiatus and I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well we're just so excited. And honestly, like I do really feel like the hiatus was needed for all three of us. Like oh honestly, God. to you to you listeners, um it happened fast, so I definitely apologize. Uh, but just a lot of shit hit the fan at the same time for all three mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. We were all stressed out. Each mm-hmm. of us has a job outside of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And each of us has stuff that we're working on in our personal lives. And it just became uh, a time in all three of our lives where we just kind of needed to step away for a little bit, figure out our shit, and then come back. So, we needed a um, break. We just needed yeah. a break. And, and honestly, great. like we don't we don't get paid for this. No. There's no ads or anything. So, you know, if you are a loyal listener, let me we just say, you. and Ali, I think you would agree, and I also I speak for you and Tiffer in, in all things podcasts. I've decided <laughs> that just now. But I think with the three of us all do really appreciate your loyal listenership and interacting oh with God. us on social media and sharing this with your friends. And, you know, we are really excited to get back into it. And, of course, once um, baby Tiffer is born and he gets the hang of fatherhood and we get back into the swing of things, he'll be back with us, too. No problem. But we are very grateful for your support and also your patience. I agree, Moni. That was beautifully said. But uh, let's get back into this fucking movie. So Jason Siegel, he gets dumped uh, by Sarah Marshall and his uh, half-brother, played by Bill Hader, basically convinces him to go on a vacation, take his mind off of everything. He goes to this resort in Hawaii. Guess what? It's the same resort that Sarah Marshall's at with her new beau. Played by Russell Brand. Now, this was the... Russell Brand plays this, like, rock star guy, that, and it's sort of like, who's, the, who, who's someone that you would really hate? to see your girlfriend with and it's someone who's just like a hot dude who's like really good at sex and he's Mm. from the uk and his name is old snow lead singer of infant sorrow i can't do that accent we can't do russell brand's accent the problem is every time melanie and i try to do english accents no matter how good they start at a certain point it becomes austin powers and we cannot have that happen here not Um, not today satan not 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 today 
Not on this day. Um, Not on here, in here, up on this day. This was like the beginning of America kind of knowing who Russell Brand was. Um, yeah. Because he, he had, he was well known in uh, the UK, but we, America, we didn't, we weren't as familiar with him. For the most part, we were not familiar with him. And then this movie came out and everyone was like, who is this funky British man? And then we put him in so many movies. And then he got married to Katy Perry and completely broke her heart. And now she's having Orlando Bloom's baby. No, no, I don't uh, think... Here's the thing. We don't know everything that happened. We've only seen her side of the thing. That's true. But they both are fine. They both are, like, married with kids now. They're both fine. I mean, that's the thing about relationships when they end is that, like, it depends on what your relationship is like for you to realize and think back on things. And that's something that happens in this movie, too, is where um, they both are... uh, Jason Segel, I forget his character's name, and Sarah Marshall... Pete. Peter. His name's Peter. Yeah. Um, They're basically looking back on their relationship kind of wondering like okay well was this a good relationship was this not a good relationship um there are times and because they're both so angry about what happened and the more we get to know russell brand's character the more we actually begin to like him like he's kind of a douchebag but he's also like really (laughs) but he's also really straightforward and upfront about how he feels and he doesn't play fucking games with anybody He's very clear if he doesn't want something or like something, and that is, that's good. That's cool. There's even a scene where um, Jason Segel's character says, fuck, you're cool, and it's so frustrating because I hate you, Um, but he says it, he delivers it better than what I just did. Um, But it's also interesting because because you're right, because then Peter and Aldous kind of develop not necessarily a friendship because this movie takes place over like a week yeah. but like they develop a kind of understanding of one another yeah. um, there's and like a camaraderie because, there by the end of the movie right and it's because um, as Peter starts spending more time in Hawaii he meets Mila Kunis who is um, the hostess at the front desk of the hotel mm-hmm. and they strike up a relationship and basically as his new relationship starts to grow and he's starting to explore it he's starting to let go more of his relationship with sarah now yeah. what ends up happening with sarah is that she ends up trying to cling back to peter because she finds out that the ship that she jumped to all this snow is not the wagon that she should hitch her ride to i know that was a very mixed metaphor but i hope you understand what i'm basically, saying basically as they're both in these newer relationships they're reflecting on they're comparing them to what they had before. So, for example, there's a scene where uh, uh, Peter offers to do something for Mila Kunis, and I believe her character is named Rachel. He offers to do something for her, and she says, you don't have to dote on me. I'm not that kind of girl. Which, we'll get to that vibe in a second. But that causes him to reflect back on all the times he kind of just was there for Sarah, kind of just in the background, where, like, part of his relationship with her involved him being someone the way they represent it is like he was always there to hold her purse in the background um on the red carpet because she's an actor yeah Yeah. and and that was a sad flashback but then another flashback that sarah has because she buys or she gets this shirt for aldous and honestly like it's kind of a fucking ugly shirt it's like a tommy bahama old man in florida shirt 
and she's like you should wear it and he's like no i don't want to that's not my style and then she like they have a fight about it or something and he shows up to dinner wearing the shirt and she has a flashback to all the stupid shit that she bought jason siegel and him making an effort to thank her and like wear it like a little purse he's like oh my gosh that's so convenient now i can hold all my things or like a really ugly hat and a bartender was teasing him he's like oh my girlfriend got it for me Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's things like that and um it's i actually i think something i like about this movie i love that we aren't talking about the plot of this film but something (laughs) i do like about this movie is that it does i think for the most part show Sarah Marshall isn't entirely a villain, if that makes sense. It's not like, and this is my bitch girlfriend. I mean, she definitely does things that we don't more, necessarily I, more, agree with. Yeah, but more towards the end of the movie, where it's it's a little bit like, okay, girl, come on. Um, but well, it's because I, I, I think she realizes she made a mistake leaving Peter, but also that but choice also was like, for the best for both of them. Yeah, and I, it's also like, it, it, um, it's more like she could be a little. I guess selfish is the idea, but whatever. The point is, I, something I like about this movie is that for the most part, it's not like, and my dumb bitch ex-girlfriend is a monster and fuck her forever. It's also a little bit more like, hey, sometimes you're not supposed to be with this person anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like sometimes like there's this great um, bit where um, uh, Peter's like, well, maybe if you tried harder in our relationship. And she's like, oh, I fucking tried. Like, she lists all these things where it was, like, you would fall into the... Basically, like, he would fall into kind of depressible episodes or, like, times when he really wasn't taking care of himself or their relationship. And she would put in a lot of effort to take care of him or herself or fix something to figure out what was wrong, and he never noticed. And she got tired of it. And something... And I I just really appreciate that monologue. And... uh, I frankly appreciate that Jason Siegel put that in there because it's not just, oh, this sad guy was like, hot girl, mean to sad man. It's not just that. It's, it's you know, sometimes it's what we were saying. There are two sides to every relationship. and um, Yeah. And I think it, just yeah. kind of going off of that, Allie, mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. And I think mm-hmm. part of why this movie, like this movie really affected me when I watched it this time. Um, partially because of like things that I've gone through in the past in my own life and things that I'm currently going through, but also yeah. the the idea is just really like not a punch in the face necessarily, but it's just kind of there, and it's something that we don't necessarily want to confront in romance movies, right? It yeah. kind of is the antithesis to this the tropes in this genre that you know require a big romantic gesture the fantastical the idealized version of love and characters that don't have depth to them and like a lot of times i would that when you and i watch these movies we can't relate always because these characters are so one-dimensional and the fact that these characters every single character in this movie has depth and dimension to some degree whether it's a little nugget or they're a main character and i really appreciated that and i think that that monologue i agree with you is so so important (laughs) because it it highlights something that i think it goes the opposite direction of what rom-coms normally do because in a regular rom-com right right what would happen is 
they would have this fight. Oh no, our relationship's in jeopardy. And the woman would probably say something like, you need to prove yourself to me, bub. And then the male lead would inevitably have to, you know, do a giant gesture of romantic love. I think when Harry met Sally is a really great example of that with the New Year's Eve scene at the end after they have their big fight when Harry we, really and, hurts her feelings. And here's the thing, we love when Harry met Sally, but it is that it's a thing I and also it's not but sorry, I, I agree with what you're saying, Melody. And also it's not um I think I appreciate that people for the most part like listen to each other in this movie. Like yes. people say things and it's not it there's not a whole lot of like okay, someone didn't hear that just so that they didn't have to hear that and we could get to this joke or get to the next part. Like, people are having actual conversations in this movie. And um, while it does lead to a lot of comedy, it also allows us to care about the characters. And I think that helps the comedy along because it doesn't feel unearned. Um, Because sometimes it's like, okay, well, we're here. And and not to say that I don't, like, there aren't rom-coms that are fun and we like... But it, there is something to be said for, like, oh, why should I care about this character if, if no one's listening to each other and no one cares about each other and no one... Why, why should I care about this? And also, like, I kind of get why these characters like each other. Like, you kind of get why um, Mila Kunis likes uh, uh, Jason Segel's character. Um, yeah, he's, like, sweet, goofy, down-to-earth, mm-hmm. really is into her. Um, yeah. And, like, like her character is kind of like a wild child, and she's attracted, to I think, to that stability. Whereas for Sarah Marshall, it's kind of the opposite, because yeah. she's just come out of this relationship with him where yeah. he has been depressed and not sought help for that depression, which is a really, really difficult situation to be in with someone that you love, whether it's your partner or your friend or a family member. Or even Um, when you're that person. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know I've definitely been that person when it's like, where it's like, I'm, I I know that it's difficult for people, I'm fortunate enough to have people in my life who love me very much, but I, and it's hard for me being that person, and I'm sure it's also difficult for them when it's like, okay, but it, it, what are you doing to like remedy this because sometimes it's hard to remedy it for yourself but yes i i hear what you're saying like they're kind of flipping and and yeah um, but i mean you're right it like depression is part of depression is apathy and it's really hard to snap out of that yeah there's that great uh scene where she talks about (laughs) there was one week where you wore sweatpants the whole week and it shows him throughout the week (laughs) in the same pair of sweatpants yeah, and he just has, like, a giant <laughs> bowl full of, like, fucking Lucky Charms just eating it. That's I too many it. Lucky Charms. Oh, I I related. I Ooh, that hit me hard. Because we've all been there where it's like, what are you eating? And it's like, you're eating something where it's like, is this a meal? And it's like, well, there's a lot of it. I've done that. There was definitely several points in college where it was like, Ali, what did you have for dinner? And I'm like, I ate an entire bag of trail mix. Like... And it's healthy. <laughs> Just the other day, I had a slice of cheese for dinner, and that was it. So, I get you. Oh, babe, you. no. <laughs> I am very sad. Ooh, babe. she is very sad. Ooh, ah, she's going through something. But we ain't telling you what it is. Yeah. It's none of your business. 
All right, let's get more into the plot of this movie. Um, basically, he connects with uh, Rachel, played by Mila Kunis. Um, and he also ends up connecting with the rest of the hotel staff because yeah. he gets to the hotel and they don't have a room ready for him. So they, she kind of, she sees Sarah Marshall there and he's like, oh my God, that's my ex-girlfriend. I got here to get away from her. This is the worst. And she has, you know, she's a human and she has compassion. So she's like, okay, I'm going to put you up in such and such room. If we have any guests coming, you'll have to vacate, but I'll find you another room. So that's yeah. essentially what happens. And then, of course, <laughs> when he has to find another room, he gets the room right next to Sarah and all this. Yeah. Yep. And it's and completely it's, by chance. It's not on yeah. purpose. No. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's on purpose because they wrote it in the movie, but you know what I mean? It's not like they weren't planning. No one in the hotel planned it. I do um, think my favorite, one of my favorite jokes of this movie was in that scene at the lobby where Sarah's like, Peter, what are you doing here? He's like, I came here to murder you. That's my favorite joke too. That's my favorite joke in the movie. Probably just, what are you doing here? Came here to murder you. Honestly, <laughs> like if that ain't me. It's, Oh, I connect to it so hard. But anyway, my, if you're, I came here to murder you, I am, I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the amount of times I've been like, fucking shit. Oh, you know what we haven't mentioned yet? I'm surprised it's taken us this long. Oh. So Jason Segel's character, his whole thing is that he's working on a Dracula puppet musical. Yes. And it is incredible it is so good i love it i also if the, it were the, a real show we would have seen it by now we would have gone to it it it, uh, it it would be the type of thing that people would text me and be like have you heard of this i'm like yes i already saw it don't even shut the fuck up <laughs> i own the soundtrack please stop um <laughs> but i love it also there's the scene where he's crying and playing the muppet theme song on the piano while sobbing and i was like if that shit ain't me Oh, and the best, I think the best part of that song is because it's after he gets home from the trip and he's like, go see a psychiatrist. I don't like the psychiatrist. Well, go see one anyway. Anyway, I'm not going. That is also a great bit. Those are are so funny. I honestly, there are lots of moments in this movie where I really identified with his character, which I know is like, it's a movie you're supposed to do that, but also... But this is, um, but I feel like as we've discussed, this, mm -hmm. I think this film in particular does it in a different way. Yeah. And I, 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 but also, like, you want a sad, tall person who loves the Muppets? Uh oh. Uh oh, you got it right here. You got me. Someone say my name. Um, (laughs) Do you want a short nerd with a hormonal disorder no one can diagnose who's obsessed with Lord of the Rings? You got her. Ding dong. Hobbit bitches. (laughs) Woo! Hairy toes. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I do Wait, have hair. Do have, I no, do, but no. all my hair is blonde, so it's like you, you can't see it. it unless you're looking for it. Samwise Gamgee over here. Um, That's right. The backbone. Okay, you know what? We don't have time for me to get we into it. We do not have time. We can't do it again. I Basically, can't do it again. Uh, but he has uh, the puppet musical anyway. Oh, we really have not gotten into the plot. Basically, at a certain point, he and Rachel get along really well. They start to kind of form a thing. Uh, Aldous breaks up with... Aldous and... Um, um, Sarah. Sarah break up. And uh, Peter goes to check on her. And they kind of start to hook up. Because she's like, I'm sorry, I miss you. 
And she's crying, and I thought this was a very interesting scene because he's sitting on the bed next to her, and she starts, like, she puts her hand on the other side of his face and starts, like, pushing his face towards her face, and he's like, he's like, please stop doing that. I don't want to be doing this right now. I don't want you to be touching me. And she's like, oh, but I'm, (laughs) like, crying. That's yeah. me crying, by the way. You're welcome. And yeah. um, then she starts pulling on his shirt, and he's like, that's the same thing. This is <laughs> unwanted contact. Yeah. And then all the feelings come up, and they start hooking up. And then he has to go tell Rachel, because he's like, I don't... And like, it's really kind of interesting, because mm-hmm. they're tr- they're trying to hook up. And for him, he's like, I guess, thinking it's kind of like an angry sex kind of situation. Well, here's the thing. Also... He says to her, tell me you're sorry, and she says, I'm sorry, and then he's back on. Like, it's, so it's clearly, like, a, it's it's sad. It's so, it's sad. It's, like, oof. It, like, at, at, during it, the whole time, we both just going, oh, shit, no, oof. It's a, it's effective in, in terms of making you be like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Um, but part of it is he, uh, he cannot achieve an erection. And she's, at one point, says, what is wrong with you? And Which is like also like not the that. thing to say to your partner not, if they're having trouble getting guess aroused. What, guess what won't get them hard? Asking them what's wrong with them. Yeah, accusing them. That's yeah. the wrong move. That's that's rude. Although, I uh, you know what I shouldn't say that because I'm sure that there is some little freakadeek who, if you were to be like, "What is wrong with you?" they'd be like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> like, I yeah, but also like that's not in this um, instance. Not, that's not a kink the, that you should share with yeah. your partner and have like clear boundaries on beforehand. Well These said. people have been dating for years, and like yeah. she just says that, and it was really like accusatory and quite mm-hmm. frankly kind of mean. And he goes, "Well, you know what, Sarah? My dick doesn't want you anymore yeah. <laughs> because you broke my heart." Which I, which is a line <laughs> that's really stuck with me. I maybe it's because you broke my heart into a million tiny pieces, and my and my cock doesn't want you anymore. It's so good. It's honestly, and it is funny, and if I had yeah. the capacity for more feeling right now, I would laugh, but mm-hmm. it is very funny. It's <laughs> great. It's great. Um, this movie is funny. Anyway, he goes to tell Rachel, um, and which part of me is like, because his thing is that he's like, I really like you, and I want, I see this going places, so I want to be honest with you, and I, you and I were both kind of like, I don't know that he needed to tell her this. I but mean, I don't it's, know. it's a but weird, also... it's a weird moral dilemma, right? Because like, right. if it's an indiscretion, and I'm not saying like, just full disclosure, this is not mm-hmm. from me from personal situations. This is just mm-hmm. like, hypothetical, ethical, moral dilemma, whatever. Like, yeah. if you are seeing someone like that, and you have some kind of indiscretion, are you doing more damage by telling them about it if you know that it's never going to happen again? Yeah. Also, they it's such a new relationship. Like, they've known each other, like, five days. Um, anyway. And it's already that intense that she gets really upset. She's really... And I think it's justified. Like, her upset is justified. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to see you. I need you to leave. I don't want to talk to... Don't call me. Don't contact me again. And he said um, he uh, goes back home. Oh, we got the booby picture, though, before he goes back home. This this was something that I was a little like, oh, okay. Um, Basically, they go to this bar, and in the men's room are all these pictures of women, like, just like regular photos 
of like regular ladies showing their boobs. Yeah, flashing and, drunk ladies flashing the camera. Yeah, and what there's one of Mila Kunis and Jason Segel's like, do you know that there's a topless picture of you up there? And she's like, oh yeah, my ex made me do it, and I've tried to get the bar owner to take it down, but he won't. And I was just like, why are we still going to this bar? Fair, fair question. Fair Why question. Why are we still going to this bar? But then, um, as like as his grand romantic gesture before he goes back to California, L.A., where he's from, he goes to the bar, steals the picture, gets the shit kicked out of him by the bar owner, but goes back to her and returns the photo. Yeah, and she's like, I don't want to see it, but she, but, it, but she isn't. That's not the thing that like, it's a nice gesture and it's good, but it isn't. I I appreciated that that wasn't the thing of like, oh. I'm fine with you again. Like, what ultimately brings them together is that time passes, and uh, they continue living their lives sort of separately. He goes back to L.A., works on the Dracula musical, and has it produced, and he sends her an invitation to the play, like an an invitation to the show. And she goes. And I like that it was more her deciding that it was okay to, like, I guess sort of forgive him. It, It wasn't like, well, he did a nice thing for me, and... I'm being a bitch. It was more like time has passed. I'm okay with it. I do miss this person. And I also like that um, there's a bit where she's like, oh, well, you didn't call. And he's like, well, you told me not to. And I listened. And I appreciate Which I really like that. I really like that. Because, again, another trope that I think we run into in so many of these stupid fucking movies Mm -hmm. is like... The girl, the the female, I'm just going to say the girl and the guy because it's easier, right? The girl is like, you hurt my feelings, so now I'm going to go away and I'm not going to talk to you, but you have to figure out why I'm mad and you have to come after me, which is like, no, like you, if someone doesn't want you to come after them, they're going to make that clear, or at least they should. And she made that boundary clear. She was like, this is my boundary. Don't talk to me anymore. And as much as it hurt him to do that, he cared about her enough to respect that. Yeah. And I think that's really important that this was brought up too, because she told him not to. So he did it. And he technically broke that boundary by sending her the flyer. Yeah. But he also, but it wasn't like uh, a, uh, it wasn't like him showing up and calling her and leaving her a bunch of messages. You know what I mean? And also, I, I think the flyer is okay because, I mean, I don't love it, but it, it, it is, I'm, I'm thinking in context of like, would I like it if someone did that for me? I think the reason why I'm okay with it is because it's not like a big long letter. It's not something that says you need to respond to this. Yeah. It's not something that's saying you have to do this. I'm desperate. Like, it's not a guilt trip. It's just, hey, if you want to do this, I'm putting this out there. You can if you can take it if you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's very much a take it or leave it yeah, balls in your court situation. But I also yeah. think, too, that, like, there's this idea that, like, after you have a fight with your lover or something like that, you like the man is always the one who has to fight for the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that that trope is a little tired. And I think that, you know, 
all relationships are slightly different to one another, and I don't think it's fair to put that burden only on the man in the relationship. In well, like, also, he- and this is purely like hetero shit, right? Yeah. Um, like it's and this is the normal, the norm basically of what we see. So like, it's not necessarily fair to put that burden on the man to always have to be the one to initiate everything in the relationship. But it, also, it also by doing that, and it's basically it's patriarchy and it's toxic masculinity. It's taking agency away from the woman in the relationship saying like if you want something you have to play some kind of game you can't actually say i need this i want this i want to do this you are not allowed to take actual action you have to lay out breadcrumbs for this for your male partner to do that to take yeah because for some i mean for because of patriarchy that's an unladylike thing to do and being quote-unquote unladylike is making you undesirable when really i think probably more people than not would appreciate their partner being vocal and clear about their needs yes that's what everyone wants. Also, the idea that you need to do these big romantic gestures takes away... It's sort of saying, like, if I do this big thing, everything's going to be forgiven. And really, as I think we all know, like, relationships are about a bunch of little things at the end of the day. It's a, like showing up for someone in a small way a lot of the time. It's just listening to what they need in the moment as opposed to, like, I made you a bouquet from the flowers on my mother's grave like it's not like that well yeah like, it's sometimes like it's literally it's, you just don't like, have to run yeah. across new york city and ambush someone at a party you don't have to s- ride your motorcycle across a bridge and stop their taxi from going to the airport again these are films that we've done before when harry met sally how to lose a guy in 10 days you don't have to do that if you want to sure but also mm-hmm. like it's what you said ali relationships are about small moments come together and it's really about a partnership with a person and when you create like i think also like those kinds of gestures create a real um power imbalance yeah it's messed up like something else i liked about this um because they mentioned briefly like rachel quit school and wanted to go back to school but never did and part of it is that now she has decided to go back to school. Like, really, basically, both of these people are ready to be in a relationship with one another because they have taken steps to take care of themselves mm-hmm. and be the people who they want to be. Because they showed up for themselves, they're able to show up for each other. And that's something I really like about the end of this movie. Because it's not just like, you were the one all along. It's like, you have to be that one for yourself. Like, it's not like, th- there's this thing in a lot of rom-coms and also, I think, sometimes in real life this happens this happens to people regardless of gender but I do think I've noticed it more in specifically young women this idea where it's like oh well it didn't work out with them not because he did something wrong it's just like oh she wasn't his soulmate but I am his soulmate and I'm gonna be cooler about this thing that he doesn't take care of like his ex-girlfriend was a bitch because she didn't laugh at his jokes and it's like maybe his jokes are mean like maybe his ex-girlfriend had a point like if he wasn't paying attention to the needs i get that i I guess this shouldn't i should speak sort of without gender because i think both sexes do this but like basically if you're if that person wasn't paying attention to a specific thing in their last relationship chances are they're not going to pay attention to it in their relationship with you if you don't say anything about it Uh I would agree and I would also add that relationships take work and I think this film does a really good example 
of showing exactly what you've said, but on like a, even another level, right? Of like right. this relationship between Peter and Sarah that completely falls apart because yeah. there's an imbalance in the emotional labor. Because yeah. one party's not taking care of themselves and the other party's trying to take care of herself and him, which yeah. is exhausting for both people. Yeah. No matter what, it's exhausting yeah. for both, and it's inevitably going to lead to a break unless someone does something about it, w- which would be, you know, therapy. So, yeah. I mean, I think therapy <laughs> solves a lot of problems and helps you learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end, the journey that Peter ends up having is a journey towards self-care. Yeah. And that is so key because you're absolutely right, Allie. The only reason that peter and rachel end up together is because they both work on themselves and had they not worked on themselves they would not be together yeah that's what i like about this movie melanie i have a question for you yes what are some of your favorite bits did you have a favorite bit in this movie i mean my all-time favorite bit was i'm here to murder you but i would say a close second close second is um paul rudd's character oh i love I mean, oh, I love. I, He's so I would funny. agree. And I think the best, the best, and the amount of times that Allie and I say this line to each other on a on a daily basis. There's a scene where Aldous is on his surfboard, just hanging out in the ocean. Jason Siegel's out there too because he's wanting to surf and then a big wave comes Jason Siegel ends up surfing he gets up on the board but he aims for Aldous whether by accident or on purpose we don't know and he ends up knocking him off and it's like a pretty bad accident and he like dives in and saves him and drags him to the shore and there's a piece of coral stuck in his leg. They deal with it. Um, they take it out, which, by the way, you should never do. If you're ever Don't impaled by it. something. If you are, I'm not an EMT, but I can tell you this because I'm gross and weird. If you're ever impaled by something, do not remove it until you get medical attention from a medical professional. Because if you take it out, you'll probably bleed to death. Cool. Very and cool, now that that lesson fun. is over, what happens is uh, Russell Brand's character is like, hey, could you get me some towels? I'm losing a lot of blood. And he goes, you sound like you're from London. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> it's so, oh, God, I love it. My, probably my, I do love you sound like you're from London. Probably my favorite um, Paul Rudd bit is when he's trying to, <laughs> they're getting ready to go surfing. And he goes, come on, it's a great day to go surfing. Oh, weather outside is weather. <laughs> okay, um, Allie, I have a question for you. Ask it, please. Um, did you find this movie to be romantic? I did. Honestly, I did, because I think the criteria that you use and I use is, like, am I rooting for these people to be together? And I was. And part of it is because, like, I, I liked them, and I th- th- there was decent chemistry. And as we've already talked about, I liked that uh, part of them getting together. I was happy that they were together because not only are they do they like each other and they care about each other, but they're willing to like work on themselves and they like seeing the other person work on themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I did think this movie was yeah. romantic as well. But did you think it was sexy? Um, <laughs> um I don't know. Here's the thing. All, all, basically, all of the sex stuff is played for comedy. So there wasn't a lot of stuff where I was like, ooh, ah, uh, mm. Okay. Yeah, it, I, it, it, it's definitely I it was, was not a movie that like made me want 
to kiss anybody. That's for I, sure. I mean, maybe I wanted to kiss Jason Siegel, to be honest with you. Well, th- um, I mean, that's but fair. That's I'll been, allow but, it. But that's been a thing since I was like 16 years old. So I fair, don't, fair. I don't, I don't think that was necessarily specific to this movie. Um, I don't know that, it, but yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily like oh, oh for me. Um, was it for you, or were you, I, were you like similar feelings? Oh like, no, I didn't. I didn't have sex feelings from this movie. I, mm-hmm. I was, I the sex scenes. I was just kind of like, oh, this is happening. I was like, okay. good for them. I was like, good for them. We're happy for them. This seems nice. Um, I just honestly, my, I just can't stop thinking about the fake orgasm scene because it was like really actually kind of troubling. And I think it was supposed to be, but it was just oh, yeah. like, oh, girl, okay, stop. Have some I was, dignity. I was like, good for you, girlfriend. We're happy for you. But we're she wasn't really us. enjoying herself. She was just oh, no, being I loud mean, so I that mean, she would piss off Peter. Yeah. And oh, it was no. it was just like, ugh. No, by good for you, girl, I mean Kristen Bell. I'm like, oh, that yeah, takes yeah. commit. Bent, and I'm happy for I'm happy for her. I mean, I'm happy for Siegel and Mila Kunis as well. But it was like they really focus on Kristen Bell in this one, and it, it was funny. Um, oh, Melanie, the most important question of all. Yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Ah! Now I'm gonna go a route where I think m- maybe you weren't gonna go. Um, J- uh, Jason Siegel's character. Peter, okay. Aldous. Kunu. Oh fuck. Okay. Because um. I think I know what I would do, and it might be it might surprise you, but I'm curious as to what your vibe is. Okay. Yeah. I think this one's actually kind of easy for me. I would probably kill Aldis. <gasps> Wait. Are we gonna do the same thing? I would marry Jason Siegel and I would fuck Kuno. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I love it. I love that the character who's known for being good at having sex is the one where we're like no nope, well i think also that. because the reason that i'm not drawn to him is because part of his philosophy that is revealed in the movie is like i can have sex pretty much with whoever i want as long as they're willing to do it with me and i can basically fuck whoever i want whenever i want in whatever position at whatever time to my liking no matter who i'm with or what commitment i've made to them oh i I think I love Jason Siegel. <laughs> well, I don't know him. I, I don't mean, know you him. guys are basically the don't same know person. That yeah, well, that's not. You shouldn't date someone who's that similar. I mean, I mean, maybe I should take it back because, like, I don't that know him as wrong. a person, so I guess I can't really say. But no, listen, neither you, of us you do. both love the Muppets. You're both really funny, um, yeah. and you both oh, uh, are really interested in like film, and I think those are. Th- I, I think know, those are three I, things I, I that would like start at least a really nice friendship. Jason, if you're listening, would we would no, love to talk to you. Jason, if you're listening, Jason, you don't have to. I I like a lot of the projects you've done since we're getting Star Marshall. I appreciate that there's like a real earnestness and joy to the work that you put out. So I appreciate that. I'm not trying to fuck, bro. I'm just. If you want to be friends, we can be friends, but I'm not trying to, like, fuck. I mean, if you, I, I, what if, what if, what if, I shouldn't have said I'm not trying to fuck, bro. That sounds so dumb. I, do you love that, do you love that me trying to be cool just, is, like, bro? just nervous battle. <laughs> nervous, I, I, but I love that me trying to be cool and it, it be like, hey, I'm not trying to be weird. It's just me going, what's up, bro? Like, shut up. Um. I mean, I don't mind. I don't hate it. Yeah, anyway. I don't hate it either. I'm just, 
I'm I here's the, he's never well, maybe he will. But what I if we blow up? Like Allie, no, Allie, won't. Jason, Jason, if you're listening, we really appreciate no. you as a Jason, person. Love Jason, that you're I'm obsessed sorry. with the Muppets, just like us. This is a no, great, this is a great thing that, that you did. Done. We really liked this movie. I give it two thumbs up. I give it. And also, yeah, if you're I listening, do, I really want to be your friend. Please call me. Bye. We want to be your friend. Sorry, we talked about your body and your. Penis. Yeah, that must be uncomfortable. But also, you did show it in an international film. Film in an international yeah. film. Okay, bye. Goodbye forever. Ma'am, a ma'am are no, you? No, okay? I'm not. Oh, this is something we hadn't talked about yet. This is probably my favorite review of this film ever, um, which I think is also how maybe I feel about this movie. Um, so my mom oh. um, uh, was still when she was still alive. Um, uh, it was like a year after this movie had come out it was on dvd and my mom was like oh ellie would you um would you want to watch forgiving sarah marshall because we had been watching freaks and geeks and she uh, we watched something else and she really liked jason siegel and i said um i, I had seen it and i was like i don't want to watch that movie with you because i was like 18 17 18 i didn't want to look at the penis with my mom um and i was out with some friends and she watched it by herself and I said, how did you like the movie, Mom? Kind of, like, awaiting her response. And she went, oh, he's so cute. I don't even care that he shows <laughs> Which is the, the sweetest review. The sweetest? And it's like, maybe that's also how I feel. It's, I think it's because it's also like, oh, yeah, it's not, we're not. It's, I also love it because it implies that, like, if someone were to show their genitalia, that would that, that wouldn't necessarily endear you to them, I guess is the idea but i i like that that did not change her idea of him as like a sweet nice man i think the way that it's played it really shows vulnerability on the character's part which is the point of it right it's not it's not gratuitous i would say it's not like look at that it's not exploitative either it's like oh no yeah it's also like it's so quick like i think you see it like three four times or so or something in the movie um and it's very quick which i'm sure is like a rating thing but it's also it's enough to be like <gasps> it's enough to get the point across of like this it's like maybe 10 full position. seconds of your time i like if i don't even i don't even know if it's 10 man i think it's like probably eh. less but like i i i guess i appreciate that um that it's not like yeah we're gonna check this out everybody take a look at this man like here's the thing but I think also because, like, if you wanted something like that, you could Google it. If you're, I feel like the internet is not want for long, imi- long video of reason. <laughs> no one's like, God, you know what I haven't been able to find anywhere? Just uninterrupted footage of a hard day. <laughs> no one's like, God, where am I going to find it? Where am I going to find a photo of someone's penis. God, where are we going to find? I can't. It's really it's really <sighs> hard no to access way. that kind of material. So you're just going to have There's to use your no imagination. Way. Or you could look at also, some ancient art. Gonna... They have a lot of dicks. Well, oh, or they knocked it off the Catholic Church. Well, that's only down. the stuff that's from it's... the Vatican, baby. There's tons of yeah. other dick shit. There's an entire room in the Naples Archaeological Museum, and it's literally the sex room, and it's got all sorts of, like, pornographic art from ancient Rome. And my favorite Mm -hmm. artifact is they have these little, um, 
these little trinkets and they're of like hard dicks with wings and some of the hard dicks with wings have legs and other hard like it's like a dick with a dick with wings where are they going they're just where they're having they a great time they're meant to ward off evil more like the nipples aren't museum nailed it why are where are those dicks going they're flying I, away to protect I, you from evil baby girl you and I talked about this with some friends, but um, it was uh, how the church, the Catholic church was constantly hiring. They were like, we need the best <laughs> artists yeah. to make our angels and biblical figures look beautiful. They were like, hey, we need you to make an angel. Make him look very beautiful. And so the artist would always be like, oh, you know what? No one is more beautiful than my super hot fucking boyfriend. And then they would make the most gorgeous, frankly fuckable angel in the world. And the church was always like, no, no, what did you do? What did you do? Now everyone's horny for this angel. Come on. Why? Yeah. Uh, why does it have its dick? Why does he have his dick that's, out? And I, it's Come with the, the <laughs> fucking ceiling on the, six, the Sistine <laughs> Chapel, too. I almost called it the Sixteenth Chapel. Okay, bye. <laughs> like like there's a meme i i'm sure we've all <laughs> i'm sure we've all seen it where they're like michelangelo we're hiring you to paint the ceiling of the sistine chapel and he's like i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna paint it with a bunch of dudes with they dicks out on it though i'm gonna paint a bunch of dicks i'll paint your i'll paint your church but at what cost hello my name michelangelo I like to paint babies and wings and angels, and I never take off my shoes. I don't know why he's English in this version. Yeah. He'd be Italian. Hey! My name is Miguelangelo. I like to draw the men. I like to draw the people. I like, I to, like to make a bambini and drawings of the men uh, with his muscles. It's very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. I like. I saw a man in the marble, and I needed to. I saw the man in the marble. I got an image in my mind, and I had to paint it for you know the Papa. I I did the il Papa. He'd say, "Baby, you gotta paint the ceiling." I say, "You got it, Papa." I say, "Oh, Papa, I'm going to paint your ceiling so good." And then this man, there's this one man, he yell at me all day, and so I draw him like an evil devil with a tiny little dick. It, I think, I think that, so. Right? I think that is actually something Michelangelo did. Michelangelo said, he, he said that, here's a tiny little dick. Um, that was Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> that was Forgetting Sarah Marshall, yeah. And welcome back to the podcast, bitches. Everybody, if you like a freaking sermon, sometimes, hi, it's me, Michelangelo. You know what movie I like? I like a movie with a lot of jokes and a couple shots of a man's penis. See, you know, I love the cinema. It's very beautiful. And I want to say to all, all, the, all the women's, beautiful. Grazie. Beautiful. Uh, you're not you're not really my type but if i need to look at a woman i say okay maybe it's the il mama you know the il mama del cristo i, I carve a big thing with the mama is so sad because her son 
and Jesus, he died, and he's lying in her arms, she holding her, she holding her son, and Jesus is lying there, oh, he's so, he's And the so mama, good. she's holding Jesus. her bambino, it's very, very triste, very sad, and you know, if, if you like the podcast, if it piace the podcast please give us a like on the instagram that was russian Russian. please do give us a like on the instagrams our handle is is at hilnokes and you can also find us on twitter with the same name you can also find us on the email hilnokes.gmail.com this is also the name of our website (laughs) <laughs> that, that was my impression of my grandma. But if you do like our podcast, definitely leave us five stars or a like. Do whatever you need to do on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts as well. You can also listen to us on our website, hellnocast.com. But we really appreciate you coming back and joining us for the rebirth of the pod. And, and so, you know, word of mouth would be the best. Tell your friends. We really hope that you enjoyed our first very chaotic episode back. But on that note, Tiffer, Mazel Tov, we're so happy for you. We miss Mazel's you. Boo-boo. We're excited we to hear the news. We're excited to share it. If you're cool with that, we're also excited for your eventual return. Yes. That we are absolutely expecting because we are rudderless without you. Oh, God. We're a ship. We're a, we're a canoe in the ocean. That's not where the canoe is supposed to be, baby. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. Do you have me? Hell no. I have been Allie. And I have been Mel. Love you. Bye. Bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded remotely at our homes in front of our pets, Roscoe and Ben. Allie and I would like to say congratulations to Tiffer on the birth of his daughter, as well as a big thank you to Lucille Petty and Bella Vanek for writing our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille.